0: Hey everybody, it is Black Friday, I guess. I hope that you're staying warm and not one of those crazy people who like like, goes into lines for 36 hours to get slightly discounted. Like, I don't know, what are people buying this year? Like micro SD cards or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I'm, uh, I'm Joel, and with me as always is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. And we're the Board Game Mechanics. If you're new to us... Hi, welcome. If not, hey, thanks for staying with us. Um, yeah, I, I guess uh, I hope you guys all had a nice Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. Episode forty-four, Jason. Already. Yep, it is. It's it's flying by, man. Can I tell you what one of my favorite things is too? What? Somehow, some way, we are getting like constant growth. Like I think that we honestly. Um, are averaging more listens now by far than we were even a month ago. So uh, thanks, you guys, for sharing the news and reviewing us, rating us on on whatever podcast service you get this on, getting us up there on the rankings. Uh, Man, it's pretty awesome. I I think that, I don't know, this is bigger than I thought it was going to be at the end of year one for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, totally. I keep looking at the numbers all the time, and, yeah, it's amazing. So thanks for everybody who gives this – podcast some listens and you guys are awesome
0: pretty great i you know up top here i i don't know not a lot of zany banter for you jason
1: yeah i got nothing i think it's the calm before the thanksgiving storm during recording
0: (laughs) yeah so that's that's the weird time lapse of this thing (laughs) yeah i mean if we were full of cranberries and turkey we'd be zany banter city but we (laughs) just aren't quite there yet
1: that is true (laughs) All right, I have a a few pieces of news that I wanted to talk about today. Uh, The first one is from our boy, Stefan Feld. And Tasty Minstrel is doing a deluxified version of Luna, which is on Kickstarter now. It has about five days left by the time this episode drops. And essentially what this is going to do is going to add fancy metal coins. Instead of standees, it's going to have some awesome custom wooden bits. All the character pawns are going to be customized for each different color. The board's nice. It has some overset boards, so stuff can sit down in it, kind of like the Dinosaur Island board or something. It just looks amazing, and I think it's only going to be available for Kickstarter and maybe at conventions, so if you want the Deluxified Luna and you're a fan of Luna, I would definitely go check this out. I think it's $79 for the Deluxified, which isn't too bad, actually.
0: I've heard good things about this one, and I think Luna's kind of, sort of hard to find right now, so it's good that it maybe is getting another batch coming out here. With this deluxe edition, I would think they'd put out a typical edition, right?
1: Yeah, I think they're also selling the base game for 59 so if you want the, just the regular version, you can get that.
0: Yeah, this is one that they've got at half price in my local shop, and I've seen it sitting there, and I thought, eh, that looks good. And I've heard it's really good solo, I think, but I don't... I don't know, man. I, I don't know that I'm into it.
1: Yeah, I'll just wait till this fancy deluxified one comes out, and I'll trade somebody for the old and busted first edition. That's how I like to roll.
0: <laughs> yeah, you'll uh, you'll put it right <laughs> next to your brass in London. <laughs> yeah, that I will. <laughs> and your Vino's 2010. And I'm trying to think what else you've got. That's the old one that you like better.
1: Uh, I don't know. I think that's that about covers it for the most part
0: the one that you liked the new hotness on was you did like wisdom of Solomon over kingdom, but that's like totally different games practically.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like a 2.0 almost.
0: Well, cool. I mean, it's, it's interesting that a Euro game is on Kickstarter like this. I mean, usually we don't see euros on there that much. So it's, I'm always happy to see Euro games in the limelight. So cool.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, the next game I wanted to talk about it's on Kickstarter as well. It's going to have about 10 days left at the time this episode drops. And, this game is called Exploriana, and essentially what this is, it's a push-your-luck game with some worker placement and area majority to determine like what kind of cards you're going to get. And I looked at the art. The art is really amazing. The bits are cool, and it's from the company. I think it's called Team Exploriana, so I don't think they've done anything else, or they wouldn't have named their company after this game. So if you're into cool push your luck games that look fantastic I would go recommend this. I didn't look at the price I forgot. So it's probably 45 bucks. That's my guess.
0: I <laughs> uh, I mean like pretty okay. Pretty okay news here from the board game mechanics. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> We're just trying to just trying to keep the streak alive. Uh, (laughs) All right, and the last thing I wanted to talk about is not board games specifically, but it is industry news, and I just saw that CMON had lost $4.1 million over the first nine months of 2018, and they're blaming it on poor Kickstarter sales and increased convention costs, which I think is interesting since CMON uses Kickstarter probably more than anybody, and they've lost $4.1 million, so... I don't know what that's trying to tell us as an industry or at board gamers, but fascinating.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. This is huge. Like the implications of this are absolutely huge. So Simon, I mean, we've raved about them a lot, that they're a company that is really kind of, kind of given some other companies out there runs for their money on, on producing a lot of game at a fair price usually. Um, So I don't know. It's just crazy. I, I mean, there's, a few ways to fix this one is to trim back on your offerings and just put out things that are going to be big money makers the other one is start charging more for stuff so i don't know which way we'll see this one go um but i i am curious about like i don't know some of the euro games they've been doing i wonder if they're going to keep doing them i mean i don't i don't know if that's where they're losing money or not it does kind of feel like sometimes they put out pretty awesome euro games and then they don't Support them or do much with them. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking of Council of Four. That game is really good. They put out a really nice edition of it this year. I've heard nothing about it. I've seen nothing of it on the posts on like the different Facebook pages. I've seen nothing about it on Reddit. I've seen nothing about it on, I mean, I mean, and I could just be dumb luck that I'm not seeing stuff, but like that's one that like was amazing and people should have it and be playing it. And I think we'll talk more about it later, but I, I mean, like that's one that's just crazy. Dog's of War is one that we both love. It has been, is it? But it's essentially a Euro tug of war game. It's amazing too. It should be like in probably seventy five percent of people's board game collections, I would say. And that's when they don't push either. I mean, so it's like I don't know. You see Rising Sun all the time, everywhere. You see, um, you know, Blood Rage. You see, Zombicide, stuff like that. I mean, so it's like I don't know, man. I I uh, I'm just curious what this means. I mean, really, I, I don't know. Yeah, they also said that
1: they wanted the, they thought the Song of Fire and Ice game would do better than it did, and I don't think that it performed to their liking, so that might be part of it. I don't know. I think the stuff that's losing money might be the minis things. There's just so much of that, and Kickstarter is nothing but minis games, so whenever you see a Euro game on Kickstarter, it's like this breath of fresh air. So I don't know. Maybe that's something they could explore.
0: I, I mean, I hope they keep the Euro game stuff going, but I mean, like I know last year during their clearance sale, like, all the stuff that we like from cool, Mo- cool Mini was, like, on clearance. Like, all of it. Like, Queen's Necklace, on clearance. Dogs of War, on clearance. I mean, like, all these cool Euro games that they have. I-, I think Lorenzo was even on clearance last year. Like, maybe not hardcore, but, like, you could get Lorenzo in their their winter sale for, like, I don't remember. Fairly cheap, though, honestly. So, that's uh, just weird. Um,
1: yeah, that's crazy.
0: Well, and and then, uh, I don't know. Like, they've got that... that pretend game of thrones game, you know? Um, I guess it's not pretend it really is, but I mean, I don't know. Like it was, I I know they were hoping it would sell a billion copies. I know one person who owns that game and like, they got it exclusively to paint the minis. And, and then, uh, that's the song of fire and ice game, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I, I, it's just weird. I, I, the other one I think that's kind of weird too, is the King Arthur, the first game. Um, my local shop guy, like, so this is my scoop on this, I was kind of looking at it, because it just has cool minis in it, and I've heard decent things about it. He kind of gives me a heads up on stuff sometimes, and he basically told me that, like, he was able to buy a case of those for the price of one game or something crazy. Wow. So, like, <laughs> like that one flopped hard, too. So, I don't know, pretty weird.
1: Yeah, I think it's just because they don't talk about their games. I mean, outside of, like, Arcadia Quest and Starcadia Quest, like, the big ones, they don't promote them really like right they were p- pushing hate super hardcore when that was on kickstarter now you don't hear about it ever so i mean what do you expect when you're not going to talk about your games did that one ship uh, i don't know if it shipped yet but i saw a post on facebook or something how big the box was it's like ti3 big the boxes
0: like and that that one too i i <laughs> That was a, such a gimmick, too. It was like, hey, we're going to use curse words in our Kickstarter trailer. We're so edgy. Look at us. Come back our Kickstarter. I don't know. I just – that gave me a bad taste in my mouth, too. Like, I felt like they were, like, going for cheap thrills on that one or, or like, trying to do a shortcut to be like, oh, man, so edgy, so shocking. Like, make a good game and let it stand on its own merits. Don't have to use stupid, cheap marketing techniques.
1: Yeah. Agreed. But, yeah.
0: Well, um, yeah. Yeah, I the gizmos is a solid game i know you hate it but i mean that's one that is like it's just they're kind of all over the place with their stuff i don't know it, it's interesting i mean uh i really hope they don't fail i mean that's where i'm at with it the other thing too is they talk about increased convention costs man they do have a huge convention presence like they're they're a like huge presence i mean their their stuff there is at origins they had a bigger space than ffg i would say oh yeah it was, it was huge Massive. I mean, just massive. So I don't know, like if they're one-time display costs or hiring staff or what, like they're saying was the real big expense. But if you're losing four million dollars because you're doing that stuff at conventions, man, somebody's making a lot of money off conventions. Then, <laughs> yeah, I
1: agree. <laughs> oh. Now
0: this this is a really kind of almost scary thing. I mean, this is the kind of stuff you start seeing before a bubble pops. You know what I mean? Like a bubble burst. And I really hope we aren't going to see a board gaming bubble burst here there's enough of us that are hardcore fans that still continue to be games made. It'll be like before the bubble, but I mean, I don't know. We're in a really good era right now. of Board games coming out that are really high quality, um, really great games. But at the same time, there's a lot of really like weird touchstones like this. And then also people who have like a thousand games that they've played a, a dozen of them. You know what I mean? Like people who buy, have been in the have been in the have been in the uh, hobby for three years and literally own a thousand games. It's like, man, you're never going to play all those like to the point where you get your value out of them or really satisfaction out of them, and you're a collector. Right. And so I don't know, like the value of that game is like artificially just kind of inflated as a as a fear of missing out thing or as a like keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing or I don't know. So it's like, I don't know, man. I I just I know I love playing games and. I'm trying to be more content with the games I already own. And if more of us do that, it could deflate the things that are happening in the board game industry. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I've just been doing trades. That's probably what I'm going to keep doing from
0: here on out. Well, I mean, I've only got so much room in my house, you yeah, know? So
1: yeah, agreed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. All right, Jason. Well, thanks for the news, man. Um, even though it's a little discouraging, but I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see what other companies did this year.
1: Yeah, that will be interesting. I'm sure it'll turn up eventually. It's at that time of the year where people are starting to look at their books and all that. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, like, I don't know, like to have a 4.1 million loss, Cool Mini is not that big of a company. I mean, I'm sure they didn't have rainy day funds equaling millions of dollars. So I'm sure they had to borrow from somewhere and I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah. Said revenue went down, I think from like 27 million to 23 million or something like that. So, I mean, they're they're not doing too terrible. All right, so I'm going to talk about a few games that I played, and literally these are the two games that I played. Um, The first game I played is a game called Christmas Lights. It's a, a card game where you're playing cards Hanabi style, so you can see everybody else's cards except for yours, and you're trying to make these strands of Christmas Lights. They're five different colors, and you're trying to get the cards played down in front of you in a certain order by taking cards from your your neighbors by trading cards so they can give you some information about what's in your hand. It's like Hanabi, but it's way better because it's not cooperative. So Christmas lights, if you're into that, um, I highly recommend it. It's fun. It's quick plays in about 20 minutes and there's like 14 variants that you can play with the cards. So I dig it.
0: That's cool. Jason. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's a whole lot different than Hanabi, but Hanabi's a pretty okay game.
1: Yeah, it, uh, no, it's, it plays similarly, but it has the competitive piece, and it's a little little more interesting to me. Cool. What else? Um, I also played a game called Soul of the Empire, and this is from Kara Games, so they did Commissioned and a f- couple other games that I'm blanking on right now, but this is a competitive game where players are either they're playing one of four factions either the coalition the jews the christians or the romans and every role is asymmetrical so every player has their own specific win condition and you're trying to go around on this map trying to assert your influence the christians are trying to convert people to christians the jews are trying to just control all of Jeru- or Israel, and the Romans are just trying to capture a bunch of Christians and Jews, and the coalition are showing up trying to just play spoiler. So you're going to do this by some interesting dice play and um, card play, and it's essentially just, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a dudes on a map game, but without dudes on a map, they're little meeples. So if you're into cool dice games with card play and combat with dudes on a map i highly recommend soul of the empire by cara games
0: yeah they make really cool games um i don't remember the other game but it's a little card game they have um about like fruits of the spirit or i forget something like that um i'm sure somebody knows and they might comment on this and tell us but uh yeah i mean i don't think they've got a bad game out yet and commissioned like was a good game in spite of being like a religiously themed game. And I see that as like a religious person, like usually religiously themed stuff is really poor knockoffs and it was a good game. So um, this one sounds pretty interesting. Um, Is this one widely available yet or is this still like in prototype stages?
1: No, I think the Kickstarter has is done shipping like all the backers have it. And I think it's going to be on Amazon here shortly or on sale shortly if it's not already.
0: Awesome. So I guess look for that. Wherever you buy games, probably. Yep. Well, Jason, I am going to say this about what I played. I don't know that I'm going to do a what I played segment for myself for the rest of the year because I'm getting a little, like, burnt out on playing stuff that I don't want to (laughs) play. And so, like, I'm just kind of interested in playing stuff that I want to play for the rest of the year. I'm going to be a little bit selfish. So, I mean... I don't think people think about this. And Jason, you are like a beast about this, like playing all these games that we review and playing all the stuff that we want to talk about on this show. One, it takes a toll on our gaming groups because they have to play stuff that we want to play all the time to get played. Um, And then also it takes a toll on us because the stuff we really want to play, we don't get to play as often. So um, I don't know, man, I, I feel like, uh, I'm going to just kind of play, finish out the year playing. I'm going to spend a lot of time around my family and I'm going to play stuff that we really want to play. So if there's stuff on there that I think is new and interesting to talk about on the show, then I will. But I mean, the stuff that I played was basically like Dice Forge and Airlines Europe. So I guess I could talk about Airlines Europe. I haven't really talked about that one, but Dice Forge we've talked about a ton, so I'm not <laughs> going to talk about it again. Um, it's awesome. It's a great game. But Airlines Europe is a really good game too. It's used to be called Union Pacific. It's basically a stock manipulation game where you're building you're building routes across Europe with airlines, but really like. The, the roots don't matter that much. So like in Union Pacific, you could actually play a variant without the board and some people liked it better. So this one reintroduces the board um, and it's just basically whenever you put down an, air, an airplane, you get to manipulate the price of a stock. So um, kind of neat um, that you're trying to increase stock values or take more ownership in a stock. Um, it's just a cool little economic game and it's just, it's, I mean, like one click higher than ticket to ride on the complexity scale. So this is one that if somebody really enjoys ticket to ride, that rummy kind of, I don't know, whatever feeling game, this one's not even really rummy, but like you are trying to collect certain stocks and have majorities and things like that. So I don't know. It's a neat game overall um, by the same designer as Ticket to Ride. And it's been around for a while under the name Union Pacific, and then it was Airlines, and now it's Airlines Europe. Still pretty widely available as Airlines Europe uh, for now. Um, but it's a really excellent game. It was in my top 10 games last year. I'm not positive it hung on in my top 10 this year, but I really do love this game. And it's one that I'm able to play with about anybody who plays any kind of board games at all. So I guess I will talk about Airlines Europe for just a minute. But other than that, I mean, like, if I do run across something that I like and have been playing with my family, like, I'll talk about it here, but I think I'm going to take a little hiatus from that, Jason. Um, Just because, like, I have had people openly complain and say, man, can we play games we already know? And I'm like, no, because I have to review this one. So, um, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things you have to balance, too.
1: All right. So, last episode, we did our... 10 through 6 of new to us games of 2018 that we really dig. And today we're going to wrap that up with number 5 through number 1. And hopefully there'll be some games in here that all of you dig or have gotten the chance to play. And maybe you've played them before we have and you're cutting edge and we're not. But we're going to talk about some games that we dig that we just got to play this year for the first time.
0: I mean, like 3,000 games come out each year at Essen. So there's stuff you aren't going to get to its first year. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah, that's
1: true. All right. So I'll get started with my number five. My number five is a game, and I didn't look up the publisher like a good, like a bad podcast host, I guess. But the game is The Hanging Gardens. And this is a game that it's essentially like Honshu, or there's another game like that where you're placing taking these cards and you're putting them on top of other cards that have matching like terrain types to kind of grow your kingdom but in the hanging gardens you're not allowed to put any part of a new card on the table so it's kind of like a table is lava type thing and once you get your kingdom in a certain size you can put a temple in it and then you can get these in-game scoring tiles and you're basically going to do this over a certain amount of rounds and then whoever has the most points is the winner It's a fun game. It's easy. It's super out of print right now. So if you want to find it, go find somebody that has it and play their copy because it's going to be expensive. So that's the Hanging Gardens.
0: I think the game you're thinking of that it is borrowing from is Dutch Blitz. That's a pretty good game, Jason. (laughs) Well, yeah.
1: (laughs) Dutch Blitz is good, but I don't know how similar this is. (laughs) Uh, Well, there's the
0: stacking cards on top of other cards. Which yeah, is, that's true. Solitaire. I'm pretty sure that Dutch Blitz was the game you're looking for. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll go with it.
0: Dutch Blitz, for those of you not in the Midwest, is a pretty unique game. And it's, if you have a fast mind, you'll really enjoy it. If you're a dullard like me, you won't. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's like multiplayer
1: solitaire, actually. That's how it kind of plays. Like actual solitaire, like, uh, what's that? Klondike. It's like multiplayer Klondike.
0: Yeah, it's just super fast. Yeah, really man. fast, I'd, yeah. I'm not fast enough. It's like it's like Skippo, but you're playing simultaneously almost too. I don't know. It's just crazy.
1: Yeah, it is crazy. It is fun though. I do like that game.
0: Yeah, I guess. Um, if you live near a place that sells apple butter, you'll probably be able to find a copy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh my number five, Jason, is from TMG, but I don't know who else put it out. Um TMG, right? Or Leon. Um so here in the states, TMG put it out. It's a good game. Um, this is this is one that I was late to the game on as well. The whole bag building thing, like I heard people rave about it, um, but I like I was kind of burned out on deck builders when this came out, and so I was like, I don't need another weird deck building type game with just little discs that aren't even cool. Like there's no powers on these discs. I mean, and then I kind of thought of. Uh, puzzle strike too, when they're describing the game and they're so far from being the same game. So I think bag building and deck building, totally different ideas, totally different ideas. And, um, this one's really good. And I was really late to the game on this one, but I'm happy that I got to play it. And over the course of the year, I picked up the base game and then I went ahead and got the trade and intrigue expansion. And then I think that's where you called it quits at, Jason, because you're not a huge co-op guy. But I think I might go ahead and get the co-op version of this, too. Um, I think that seems like it's got some kind of cool mechanics in it, too, as well. So um, so anyway, Orleone. Um And I, man, I'm not positive. This one made the list. Altiplano didn't. Um, and I think Altiplano technically is a 2017 game. So um, I don't think Altiplano made my list. But this one I really did like. It's a good game. And I think, Jason, this is one that you introduced me to as well. So happy to play this one and enjoy it. Uh, a little late to the game. Yeah, I want to get that
1: new expansion, not for the co op, but it has like six uh, solo scenarios in it too. But it's just so expensive. I think it's like 50 bucks for that expansion or something. It's crazy. So that's kind of why I didn't get it.
0: Right. And it's like, I don't, uh, it seems like there might be enough in there that you can't fit it all in the base box too. So it's like more shelf space for an expansion, which feels bad. So I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. Uh, All right. My number four is a little tiny game. Well, I played the little tiny version of it. And that game is called For Sale. And this is a fairly old older game, I, I think. And I yeah. think the version I played is from Eagle Griffin, I believe. And essentially what this is, it's a, a pure auction game. You're You're using money to buy these properties. And then in the second half of the game, you're using these properties to get money. So you're Basically, like doing an auction, then you're doing a reverse auction, selling them off. That's the whole entire game. It's super easy. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes, but it was a blast. And I can't believe I was so late to the table on this because this game has been popular for a long time, but I just never had an opportunity to play it. And I'm glad I did.
0: It's an evergreen. It's a classic that's worth owning. And then you won't get rid of it because it's just, it does what it does so well. And like, I don't think it can be. Upgraded or changed, and I think if they could have, they would have by now. But it just does exactly what it's supposed to do really well. It's a very simple game, very cool game. And the version that you played, the little pocket edition that's the size of like a deck of cards, and then some a little bit, yeah, like that one's the one to own. I think it's like you can get it for 10 bucks when it's in stock, and then like the little linen finished cards are great on it, and the linen finished money is great. And actually, the money in that game I like better because you can hide it in your hand. Whereas if you have the thicker cardboard money, you can't hide your money as well. So, um. I don't know that one's great I absolutely love that game and I think the copy that you played was the one that I would prefer to own and is the one I do own so um, I and it stick two two years stick out in my brain and I don't know why 1998 and 2004 so I think it came out sometime around those years I don't know um, I, man I don't know why I'm thinking those two years but it is it's an old game it's over ten years old but it's a great game absolutely love it.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm with you. I've been trying to find that little one, but that little one's hard to find.
0: It is. I mean, like, I think you have to pretty much buy it directly from Eagle Griffin. And then, like, they do that. Eagle Griffin does that thing, too, where I think you – no, that's not Eagle Griffin. That's uh GMT. But I don't know. They just – they don't have stuff get reprinted as frequently as you might hope. So, I mean, like, we're all waiting for the gallerist right now. So, I don't know. And they're probably going to reprint the gallerist before they reprint their travel edition of – of uh, for sale,
1: yeah, probably. I'm not waiting on the gallerist, but everybody else is,
0: yeah. You were you were a wise man to have that <laughs> in your collection. No, it's that's an insanely inflated game right now, too. But I mean, like, they're both really good games, but for sale is awesome. I love that game. Um, the space station that's a 30 is kind of weird, but I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's people who played the game get that, but I mean, like, it's and then there's like an outhouse, it's like a one or something, but I I do love that there's like. A bunch of different ways to play that game and be successful too. That's another piece that I like. So like, there's the strategy of I'm not going to spend anything on houses and just hope that there's times when just all high money va- value cards flop, and I'll just take the lowest of those those cards. You know, so like a fifteen thousand eleven and eleven and a ten will come out. You play your zero and you get ten thousand bucks for it. So it's like or one or whatever the lowest card is. So I don't know. There's just a lot of ways to play it, and I've seen people bid. Pretty high on like getting some of the top cards and just waiting till all those really high money come out and and win that way. So it's a lot of luck in there, but like you can kind of mitigate it by being just smart about how much you're paying for stuff and just at the heart of it, just a really cool auctioning game.
1: Yeah, and the fact that nobody's really—it's essentially two auction games, but the fact that it feels like it's a reverse auction in the second half—that nobody's done that before really is is crazy. It's so simple, so obvious, but yeah. It's awesome.
0: The the game it gets lumped with a lot and people compare it to is Biblios, but those games to me are so different. Yeah, they're different. I don't think they feel the same really at all. So I don't know. I mean, like the two phases thing is all that is similar to me. I like both those games a lot. I like For Sale better, probably. It's just a little more accessible. So I don't know. For Sale is an excellent choice, Jason. Yeah, I I like it. My number four, Concordia. And I think I, oh man, I think I just played this one for the first time back in like January um, and then started playing it again here in like December. Um, just really enjoy this game. Um, I don't know. It's just the the things that everyone says that are, about it that are great are what's great about it, that you basically can teach someone how to play this game in a real short amount of time. Those people I talked about earlier that struggle with rules, they can figure this game out really quick because basically the cards... Okay, I'll take that back. I, there was one guy I played with that like was really... Painful to play with. But I was like, dude, just read the card. The card tells you exactly what happens when you play it. <laughs> so like, right, yeah. Most people can pick this one up really quick. Um, and then it's just so neat, just how the game... It doesn't look like much, but it's just the way how everything fires and the strategy that goes into everything is just awesome. And then this one, the other thing that it's really great at is you get a pretty deep, pretty rich, good gameplay in this game. But it plays really quickly i mean like i don't feel like i've ever played a game that lasted an hour and a half even so um just really like how quick it plays and it's just pretty simple to play and offers a lot of strategy and just rich gameplay and there's a lot of really cool mechanics going in there too with like do i buy cards do i like travel do i go to the market and then i have to manage my hand to do all that stuff so just a really cool game a little late to the game on this one um no particular reason other than i guess maybe again like it's like a Marco Polo thing where it looked ugly, so I didn't play it. I don't know. Maybe I'm guilty of that. So, but I did like it a lot. Uh, my number four, Concordia.
1: Yeah, I haven't played it. I still need to play this one, so I'm even later the, later to the party than you are. So
0: you played Transatlantic though, which is I that's mean, like true. It's a, a s- first cousin to it, I think.
1: Yeah, and, and but way longer because you said Concordia is quick. I played Transatlantic like four times, and it was like two and a half hours every time.
0: Ooh, that's rough.
1: Yeah, it's not a good game for that long
0: <laughs> concordia ends so fast like you don't expect it because there's a stack of cards and there's not that many cards in it and once those cards are exhausted the game's over or if uh somebody gets all their houses out but i've never really played it where everyone gets their houses out because people are are so anxious to get those cards because that's how you score points That they're trying to get those cards whenever they can and it just goes really quick
1: yeah yeah I definitely need to play this like next time we get together we need to play this
0: It'll be our filler game between two real games that we're (laughs) playing.
1: Sounds good. (laughs) Uh. All right. So you said games that I prefer the older versions of earlier, and I remembered what that is now. Uh, I like the old version of Council of Four, which I'm talking about right now. So my number three is Council of Four, the Cranio Creations version. And essentially, I think this game came out in 2017, I believe essentially what this game is, is you are trying to create this route around this map to be the first person to, or to be the person that has the most points at the end of the game. And every time you build in, uh, in an area that already has, that's adjacent to one of your current buildings, you're going to get the bonuses of every building that you're connected to. So if you can get six buildings connected when you build that six building you're going to get the bonuses for all five of the other buildings plus that sixth one and the, it's just awesome how the more you build the more stuff you get it's it feels like the rich gets richer game but it feels like it should be like that but it's really not because you can make awesome chains but you're still going to get slapped around and could lose so council of the four if you haven't played it and you want a game that's a little like maybe a step and a half half up from ticket to ride or some game like that i would go check it out it's a good game
0: yeah, I like it a lot, too. Um, Actually, if I had thought about it, I might have put this one on my list, Um, but I didn't. So good job thinking of this one. Um, But I really do love this game. The thing about it that it struck me, I've only played it once, but the thing that struck me about it when I played it was it felt like it rewarded being a scumbag a little bit. So like the way how things slide down and you see what's going to be available, like People who wait until other people do the hard work for them really benefit from the stuff that, like, is going to slide out. Or you've got to figure out a way how to make that fact that you're not going to get the stuff that's, like, later in the queues come to you, like, work for you. I don't know. And I think that was kind of a cool mechanism. Um, but I really do like this game a lot. And I say saying it's a game where scumbags, like, do well. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, just, I don't know. There is something though to be said like about people who like kind of lie in wait and let other people like really stick their heads out there and then manipulate, take what you give them do really well in this game sometimes. So I do like it though.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. This is a game that I definitely want to play more. So hopefully during the holidays, there's these next couple of months, I'll get a busted out a few more times.
0: I'm hoping it's in the cool mini or not sale for $14 so I can get a copy and feel good about it.
1: It could be. I mean, just keep looking.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, I think I got Dogs Award last year in the sale for not much more than that. So I don't know. I'm going to keep an eye open for it for sure. As you should. Jason, speaking of the games that I'm going to be keeping an eye out for, my copy of Dinosaur Island should be here any day now. Boop, 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 boop dinosaur island watch it cleared customs <laughs> um so at any rate they're shipping those games out very soon um it didn't get here in time for thanksgiving but it will definitely be on our doorsteps by christmas i would hope um this one's awesome you taught me this one i've said it many times it's five mini games meshed into one big awesome game it's super easy to teach because of that like it's like let's just focus on each of these little sideboards for sure and then make them all work together and you'll make something great so pretty cool um i like the like thematicness of like the loitering people that don't spend money and like just take up space in your park and just i don't know like it's just a fun game and the components on it are so good, even in the base game the components on it are so good that it makes the game more fun to play, like those amber dye and just all the cool stuff that's in that game I just really like it so that is my number 3, Dinosaur Island and we've talked a lot about it, but this is one that's kind of a cheap pick, because I don't think it really came out until like late 2017 so a lot of people are on this list, but it's just good enough that I can't put it on my 2018 games list, but I definitely want to put it on a list somewhere, so it belongs here
1: Yeah, I agree. This is definitely one of the easiest games that there is to teach. I mean, it's a heavy game. Well, you know, and it's easy to teach because of those five phases. So I wish more games would kind of think of that for the people who have to teach these games.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like. This game, I would on the five point scale rate the overall heaviness of it, like maybe a three six, three seven. So it is fairly heavy, but each of those little parts are like two fours, two, 2.0 to two fours. You know what I mean? Like, right, yeah, yeah. But then thinking about how you're going to try and manipulate each of those little games to like make your tracks do what you want them to at the right times and have all that worked out. There's a lot of heavy choices in there. So, um, you can definitely play this game competitively with a pretty cursory knowledge and playing it at the like most light learning rules levels, but then to really be awesome at it, I think it would take some real like getting in there and digging. So it's a, that's a that's a sign of a really good game, I think. So that's why I got my number three for sure. And I know that, I don't know, Jason, I think you love this game too. I think you might've played it in 17 though. So I think you probably were disqualified.
1: Yeah, I played it last year for sure. It was one of the, I think I played it in December maybe, but yeah, it was close. Um, my number two is another game that I prefer the older version of, and that is Brass. I was super late to the party on this one, and at the last BGM Con, I learned on the new Fancy Edition, and then made you a trade for the old Busted Edition, and I've played it two or three times since, and it gets better every time. Brass is an amazing game where you're trying to build industries on this map to earn a pile of points by getting customers for the coal and the iron and the cotton hoping people use your ports building some ships it seems like it's a super it, it looks kind of simple when you're looking at the board but the decisions in there are pretty tough so this is a a fairly complicated heavy game and one that i'm definitely glad i got to play and we'll probably be moving up the top 100 here
0: going forward i love this game too and it's my number two as well um brass um so we were both late to the game on this one, but I think the recent Kickstarter really helped us get exposure to it. But this is a great game for sure. 100%. And what I really like about this game, Jason, is that you really do want people that you're playing against to do well in this game. Like you want your competitors to play, play well, because the better they play, the better it's going to be for you as someone who's trying to like export your goods or have your coal and iron get used up, you know? So, I mean, like, if you're playing with people who don't know what they're doing, it's almost frustrating at times that it's like, Oh, you're going to build another coal plant, even though we have like 15 coal on the board. Okay. That's cool. I guess whatever. And like, I don't know. It's just when you play with people who are more competitive, the game's even better. So um, I don't know. I really do love this game though.
1: Yeah. It almost feels like a semi co-op game a little bit when you're playing it. Cause you, you know, you're stealing, you're not stealing, but you're using other people's iron, you're using other people's coal, you're using their ports, but when you use their stuff, they get stuff for it. So it's not like you're screwing them over or anything. You're kind of doing them favors. So yeah, it's a good game.
0: And if you're playing with a good group of people too, they won't king make. Like so basically if you're playing with a group that knows what they're doing, they'll be like, Oh man, this guy's way out ahead. He's making tons of income. I'm not gonna use his stuff up. I'm gonna use this guy's who's way behind stuff up. So like it almost has a makeup mechanism built into it in a way too by based on like just situational awareness of the people play, play you're playing with so I love it I had the new version I like the new version better just for a couple of reasons one is that I think they cleaned up some of the cards that you use different times a little bit I also like that um, when you flip the tiles like it basically has that like black and the player color thing so you can kind of look at a glance better at seeing what's been flipped and then and then I I do uh, I like the poker chips in it but I think the copy that you've got I know the copy you've got. I tried to paste it up and make it kind of have some of those user-friendly fr- user features in it. So like, I I like I don't know, I didn't do an awesome job at it, but I got a straight edge out and I used a Sharpie and put like a line on the backside of all the chits so that we can at least like real quickly see like, oh yeah, okay, that one's been flipped, you know? So like, I thought that was worth doing. And then actually I found a two-player map and was able to paste it onto the board. So you don't miss out on that either. And I think the paste up that I got, I got like it on cardstock at Staples and like, Honestly, you'd really have to look at it to be like, "Wait, this is a pay stop." So, um, I don't know. I think that the copy, the old copy, is perfectly functional and can be can be pretty good to use. The thing that's the other thing I'd like say a different between the two editions is the they like basically color coordinate the cities in the new game. They don't have like a map location on there, and the old version they have like a little star on like the region, yeah. so like you kind of know where to look. And I actually kind of prefer the star on the map over the new way. So. I don't know. I, I think they both have their pros and cons. If you're just a true, like, I want to play with some good form over funk, uh, good function over form, like Jason, the other one's really great, honestly. So um, brass is our number two, though. Yeah, I didn't realize you wrote on the
1: back of the chits with a sharpie. It looks like that's what, how it was supposed to be.
0: Yeah, I, I did a really great job with that because I'm a very good Sharpie man.
1: <laughs> I was like, because like, wow, this is awesome. It's got a line through the back so you know which, when it's flipped and everything. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, like, that's something I stole from the new edition. Like, the new edition has that, the old one didn't. Right. Yeah. And, like, I played the old edition one time and I was like, man, it's really, it's not hard to like see what is what, but I felt like that little line made it just a lot quicker to score stuff. So that's why I did that.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it super is helpful. That's for sure.
0: And those little player mats, too, that you can print off BGG, too, are, like, included in the new game. But I think the addition you've got, actually, the player mats, they're just as good, if not better, honestly, yeah. the way how they're laid out and stuff. So, I don't know. The old version can definitely be pasted up and modified to be really great.
1: Yep. I've only used the I've used the two-player one, the one that you pasted up, and it looks awesome. People didn't even know. I told them that it was a paste-up. They're like, wow, it looks so good.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a little gap in where the boards fold, but other than that, it's Pretty perfect, really.
1: Yep, it works. All right, so now I'm going to talk about the one game that is definitely the only one that I put in an order, and that is another Eagle Griffin game. They seem to be getting mentioned a lot, Um, and this is from Uncle Vital, and it is Lisboa. Thunder (laughs) Alley. Oh, not Thunder (laughs) Alley? (laughs) No, (laughs) not Thunder Alley. (laughs) Lisboa. So I played this for, well, I played it a couple times solo, but I played it with actual people at the last BGM Con, and this game is fantastic. Uh, the decisions in it are amazing. The It's so easy to play, but yet so complicated at the same time. And man, I can't believe that I have had, had to wait so long to play this game. One, it's cost prohibitive. But two, it's just hard to find people who want to play such a heavy game. So Lisboa is my number one, and it wasn't even close. I mean, Brass was kind of close, but in all reality, not really close. So Lisboa for me all the way.
0: Jason, my number one, not to, you know, quickly go away from your number one game, but my number one game of the year, Jason, that was new to me was, uh, Lisboa, actually. So, um, (laughs) that's a great pick. (laughs) Yeah. No, this is a great game. I think it's my favorite Vidal Acerta game. I know you probably aren't quite there with it, but it's just, it's hard to say which one you like better because they're all seriously masterpieces. Um, but this one I just really love and I love that flowchart just kind of hey do this then these things happen it's really it comes to life in this game so well um and i feel like everything you do in this game makes sense like it connects to the actions that are going along with it whereas in the other like vita lacerda games like you understand that these things happen when you do other things but it's like they don't quite flow as elegantly as lisboa maybe um I don't know. I just really love it. And, and the theme is pretty awesome of rebuilding the city after these terrible tragedies happen. Um, I think I need to play the gallerist again to give it a fair shot because gallerist, I mean, like, okay. So gallerist is. My fourth favorite L- Vidal Caserta game, and it's number like in the top twenty. So I mean, uh, that's how highly I think of his games. Uh, I won't say where this one ends up on my top one hundred because I want you guys to you know check that out. But it's very high, as is Brass. But this game, no contest, like you said, just an amazing game. And I'm I'm glad I only. I mean, this is a 2017 game, I believe. So I think we weren't super late to the party on this one. But man, it is like my game of the year for 2017, easy.
1: Oh yeah. Once this game, once I saw some playthroughs of this when this game came out, I was like, man, I got to have it. And then I saw that it was Eagle Griffin and it was going to be like $300. I was like, "Ah." so yeah, this game is fantastic. And I would have loved to have played it last year if I could have.
0: (laughs) Hyperbole, when one exaggerates for humor or other effect. So Jason was using a little bit of that there um, with uh, saying $300, but like definitely an expensive game though. I mean, uh, I think this is, did you end up breaking your 50 buck rule on this one or did you... uh no, I Did
1: had you? I had an Amazon gift card and I ended up paying like 30 bucks.
0: Technicality, got it. Yes, yeah.
1: Otherwise, I would have never bought it, yeah.
0: I mean, like, I don't know, it's just awesome. It's a great game. If you get an opportunity to play Lisboa, do it. I would I would never turn down a game of Lisboa ever. Like, at three players especially. At three players this game is just like one of the best gaming experiences I think you can have. And this one plays great at 2 as well. Um I don't like it solo so much because it's just like this game has enough going on for you to worry about with your own player. Like management, That then having to play Lacerda too, like it just makes it too much for me. Um, whereas like Viticulture, I really like playing that one solo because I feel like I'm basically playing myself and then like a couple things happen when I flip a card over. With Lacerda, there's a little more that goes on there and it's a little more to keep track of. But I mean, at two and three, this game is amazing. I honestly haven't, have I played, I've played it at 4 once. At 4, it does slow down a little. Not horribly, but it slows down a little bit. Um, but man, it's just a really good game. I love it a lot. I concur.
1: Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yep. And I think we talked about this before. The Deluxe Edition, give it a hard pass. I, and this is from a guy who owns the Deluxe Edition. I'd say hard pass on the Deluxe.
1: Yeah, I just have retail, and it's way fancier than... Probably 90% of my other games, so <laughs> it works.
0: What does your insert look like? Is it same as mine?
1: Yeah, it looks like the gallerist insert with the spaces, and you lift it up, and the boards are tucked underneath it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that like kind of heavier plastic for an insert, too. Yep. Man, I mean, they really do. I mean, their games are expensive, but honestly, I don't know. I think that might be the model that people need to go to, is that, I don't know, if the bubble bursts, like we talked about earlier, if we're only seeing... Instead of seeing 3,000 games that are okay coming out, if we only saw 100 great games come out a year, I would rather spend an extra 20 bucks on really great components on a game that's going to last me, hold up and be easy to store and, and nicely stored and just have really awesome components in it over, I don't know, like spending 20 less and having just junk in it. So I don't know. It's a hard blend to balance for sure because... It is definitely cost prohibitive to make your your like discounted price on that game is eighty bucks right now. It seems like so, I don't know, but I, to me it's worth it.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. This would have been one I probably would have broken my uh, my limit for, but technically I didn't have to, so we'll keep it at that.
0: So, Jason, my prediction on games I'm going to be late to the game for for 2019. I have one on the front of my brain right now because I'm just dying to play it and I haven't gotten to play it yet. And that's right? Like I really want to play that so badly, but it's just hard to get a group for it. I've got a copy just sitting on my shelf ready to go. Um, but I'm positive that once I play that one, I'm going to be like, man, that's a great game. But until then, it's going to be in my shame list. And I don't know. I, it just looks really good to me. One game
1: that it's not going to fit that same criteria, but a game that I'm really looking forward to is City of the Big Shoulders.
0: Oh, my gosh, yes. I was, I was
1: watching so much stuff on this. It's like a mixture of like Arkwright and 18xx. Oh, man, it it looks, looks so, so crunchy good. and amazing. Yeah,
0: So good. When's the Kickstarter on that? Have you seen anything on that? I think it's, it's supposed to be on, soon. It's going on right now. Is it? Oh, okay. Well, let's get the plastic out and go find that. <laughs> it's like 70,
1: $75, I think.
0: Yeah, I I'm definitely backing it. That's a no-brainer. That game looks amazing.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: It The one does. I the one I the one I didn't back um but I'm kind of regretting that I didn't is the one that's like the waterfalls and like the river and like you like are building machinery based on like the flow of the water f- across your territory and then if somebody builds upstream from you then it like halves your production and uh what's the name of that one? Isn't it that- had like a 3D board kind
1: of. Oh, I was thinking pipeline, but it's not pipeline, right?
0: No, um, oh, nuts. Somebody will know. Um, but it was on Kickstarter like a f- few weeks ago. It looked really cool. You'll, you'll think of it too, Jason, like between now and when the show comes out. And there's nothing we can do about it because we aren't that fancy, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Some, somebody will know what it is. It, it looks really cool though. Uh, it had like a real simple name too, like similar to like Water Wheel or something. I don't remember, but it was a cool game too.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll figure it out.
0: Pe- this people's favorite part of the show is when I come up with two thirds of an idea. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> well, hey, that's been it for this. Um, so I'm not positive what the next episode is going to hold for us. We might have an interview. We might be getting into our top games of the year, um, or we might be doing a people's choice. That'd be kind of fun to do, to do a people's choice top, I don't know, top, top 10 games. That'd that would be w- pretty cool to that do would that. Be cool. so. I like that. Maybe I'll set that up on Google Forms this weekend and we'll we'll leave voting open on that for a week or so and and see who can you know vote on that and uh we'll look at our results and go from there. I like it. Awesome. Well, Jason, I uh I'm happy to do the show with you and I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving because it already happened according to when the show came out.
1: Yeah, I ate so much food. I'm so full.
0: Yeah, full full of cranberries, full and tired. <laughs> well hey and i'm editing the the podcast this week so i'm not going to do the campy dubbing over our keep gaming so if you're going to try and do it jason you got to try and say it when i say it here which is going to happen right about now oh i tried to block you dude <laughs> yeah i figured all right well hey i've been joel and uh keep gaming oh snuck it in
1: I'm right. jason keep gaming ah!